0: to a Wednesday action-packed um, edition of the Weekend Wire RO on Zoom as always. Um, just finished telling me about his Bamati Jones um,
1: hatred isn't the right word. I don't know. The, nah, it's not hatred. It's yeah, just, uh, the, it's,
0: I don't know. He's trying kind to of
1: piss off Suns fans, and I am pissed off. So good job, Amani. You did it. <laughs>
0: and if you can guess at this point what Aro might be pissed about, you are on top of things because um, we'll, we'll hit that. We'll hit that towards the end, I'm sure. But um, what I wanted to start with today is two games by the Clippers um, over the weekend. First one was Clippers Jazz. This was the Jazz ending their ten-game winning streak um, against the Clippers, and what I noticed. What did you call? Yeah, I did call this on Twitter, but I mean, I don't know. I was that was (laughs) eventually it was going to end, but I I, yeah. Sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm right. So, um, what I noticed watching this game first was that teams and the Clippers really did this a lot, but teams that have been playing the Jazz lately are selling out to stop them from shooting threes. Um, this is sort of the opposite of what the Bucs do, and we'll talk about that when we get to them. But the Clippers sort of have these players, their big wings and PG, Kawhi, Morris, um, even Terrence Mann a little bit, who can do that, who can close out really quick, who are athletic, and that can contest these threes better than pretty much any other team that you could think of in the league. Um And the Raptors sort of played this aggressive defensive style just as, like, their base defense last year. But um, when you start thinking about the Jazz in terms of playoff matchups, um, do the Lakers have guys that can do that? Do the Nuggets have guys who can do that? And do the Suns have guys that can do that? These these top teams in the West, um, I would say that the Clippers are more equipped – to, to stop, to contest those threes that is so much of the Jazz offense, probably better than any other team that they're going to face in a potential second round or conference finals. Um, obviously, like the talent level of the Lakers and some of the, the guards of Phoenix are, are, are going to be problematic. Um, same, with, same with Jokic for Denver. But I think in terms of stopping the Jazz offense, you would have to think the Clippers might be the best equipped to do
1: that. Yeah, I think the Lakers are the only other team that I could really make a case for being better maybe um, just with like guys like Caruso, uh, Wesley Matthews, um, KCP, uh, and then obviously with how locked in LeBron is um, and then having AD inside. But uh, yeah, I think the Clippers just have that like sort of length that can can bother some of the the bigger shooters that the Jazz have because like a lot of the Jazz shooters aren't really guards. Um, When you think of a guy like Joe Ingles, when you think of Boganovich, bit a little bit taller. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I think the Lakers might be the only other team that, that really has a case, uh, that they could have a better defense against Utah and might match up a little bit better overall. But, uh, I think this Clippers team, I mean, this, this is the kind of team that I think they're built to try and stop.
0: Well, the Clippers also sort of had the Rockets numbered last year. It seemed when they, the, there was one game that, um, before the shutdown of the season that, um, they were able to pretty much shut down the Rockets offense and they won by like 30 in Houston. And it, it was because of a lot of this stuff that we're seeing, the, the really well contested threes. And that was such a big piece of the Rockets offense last year. Yeah. And the same, it, it stays the same with the Jazz this year, but um, on the defensive side for the Jazz, they're just a team who's able to protect the rim very well. That's pretty much all thanks to go Um So the Clippers were forced to take outside shots in this one and they were making a lot of them. Um, it felt like at halftime the Clippers had dominated the game but they were only um, up eight points because the jazz were really just protecting the rim that well um, and it's hard it's hard to open up a big lead on these guys because of the the three-point shooting um, and how well they're able to protect the rim you're not it's you're not gonna go on a lot of runs against this team or they can go run they can go on runs against you um, so they were able to keep the Clippers at bay. Um, I thought the Clippers definitely got the better whistle in this game, especially down the stretch. Um, but K- Kawhi had a big third quarter. Um, he had 12 points. It was pretty, overall, this was a really intense game, low scoring. It's probably one of the most, I, I wouldn't say entertaining games that I've seen this year, but um, definitely one of the most insightful just in terms of like what I'm expecting to see come um, May and June for the playoffs. But um, there's guys like Terrence Mann on the Clippers. He made some big plays. He plays really hard. The whole Clippers bench is still pretty good, despite losing maybe its best piece last year in Harrell to the Lakers. Um, and Lou Williams is still a guy that a lot of people forget about. He's still a threat, even though you can't, you can't attack him on defense. But the Jazz don't really have – the Jazz, that's not really going to be their M.O. They don't really they they'd rather just stick to their offense and sort of get the and you know, they don't
1: hunt mismatches like that.
0: Yeah, they're they're sort of they're sort of wanting to stick to their flow because their their offensive flow is really that good with all the shooters that they have. Um, Lou Williams and Marcus Morris shot really well for the Clippers in this game. Morris especially had some great plays in the fourth to basically win the game for them um, and. Even the Clippers were able to defend the Jazz's amazing half-court offense at a pretty high level, which is hard to do when you consider they have the great shooters, they have all the misdirection with the screening, um, getting guys open for threes with the curls and little actions like that. And then they have the lob threat and go bare. So that's really three things that you have to worry about on top of Mitchell just being isolation threat. So um, I was pretty impressed with the Clippers' defense Um and then on the offensive side, they went on a seven to seven to zero run in the fourth to basically put the game away. The um, Jazz just couldn't catch up in the last four minutes, and that was partly I thought was because um, of Gobert not really being able to take advantage of Morris in the paint and being able to score on him. This is something that we've seen with Gobert um, going back to those Rockets playoff matchups where he just wasn't able to. Capitalize on the smaller uh, centers and basically got played off the
1: floor. But um, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of post game. No, so he doesn't. Not. He, yeah.
0: He's not. Yeah, he's not <laughs> someone who's going to um, be pivoting around and doing you know like dream shakes to, to get um, <laughs> space down there. And he and he, he just wasn't really able to take advantage of Morris offensively. Um, and then when Morris is on the floor, they sort of had him playing five, and he was able to draw Gobert out to sort of mitigate that, that big rim protection that I mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah, this was a really interesting uh, matchup. And Kawhi was able to put it away with two offensive rebounds in the fourth. Um, but the main takeaway that I had was that you have to play really, really well to beat the Jazz any given night. Um, and the Clippers shot, shooting as well as they did in the first half, um, they played really good on defense and still could have very easily lost this game. And from the shooting performances that you got from Lou Williams and Marcus Morris, uh, it just reinforces the fact that it's gonna take a lot to beat this Utah team any night um, with all the shooting they have, all the weapons, and then the, the great defense that they've had the last three or four years. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think if these two were to meet in the playoffs, um, I, I, it would be very interesting. I hope this is a matchup that we eventually get um because I, I do think the clippers are one of the teams that like lebron versus the jazz he may just be able to dominate them but i think the clippers have a few more um have a few more interesting ways that they can attack this team and um the jazz still have they have the history with uh, paul george and uh, donovan mitchell and so <laughs> i think that's that could just be a really fun matchup um yeah. Anything on the Jazz before we before we move on? Because we got another Clippers game.
1: Uh, the only thing that I, I think I wanted to mention is that the Clippers do kind of match up Hunt um, and mismatch Hunt a little bit, um, and I know they did it a lot in the game that we're about to talk about, uh, the Nets game. Um, but that's kind of tough to do on the Jazz, um, which kind of I, I guess like slows them down a little bit. Plus, with the rim protection of Gobert, like you can't really reliably uh, get to the rim and score. Uh, like you can on on some of these other teams when the Clippers do mismatch hunt. So uh, it it is like an interesting little, I guess, like chess match between the two teams to, to kind of see, like it might not be the high scoring affair that you would think of a Utah, like playoff series. I think this one would be a little bit more slow, uh, a little bit more drawn out. And I, I think that that does sort of shift it towards the Clippers balance.
0: Yeah. I think, I think especially with, Kawhi um, being able to pick his spots and slow the da- slow the game down, doing the the little mid range shot that we've seen from him so many times, where he just knows he knows how to get to his spots. Um, I think that could go a long way for them. Um, but that that Clippers Jazz game was on a Saturday. The next night was Clippers Nets, so second night of the back to back for the Clippers. Um, the Nets were still without KD and still are, um, I think, for the next two or three games. But oh um, yeah. Um, so sort of disadvantage going in for both teams, but um, Harden and Kyrie looked just fine together. Um, and they, they were pretty comfortable even without KD. Um, and I think, th- I think that this KD injury may have, may have been a, a blessing in disguise just for those two getting accustomed to each other. Cause KD, you would think that he's, he's able to fit in with a larger cast of players compared to those two. Um, but the fact you
1: that can, Kyrie, you can drop him into whatever situation. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: the fact right? that, Kyrie and Harden are sort of more like ball-dominant, and it, it seemed like those two were the ones that, that would actually have issues maybe gelling together, but that, that hasn't been an issue for the Nets, and that, that's a really positive sign. Um, this Nets team also, this this is kind of something I wanted to mention, it seems like they're a lot more likable than these super teams that we've had in the past. Um, I, don't uh, know kinda. They, I don't know if that's a result of having no fans, but I feel like the, the perception of them is higher than the Heat – with LeBron, um, higher than the Warriors, certainly. The I Warriors,
1: what I don't fully understand. Uh, like, post-KD, I get it. But uh, pre-KD, like, that team was pretty likable. because no, like, Yeah,
0: I, th- I think everything leading um, up to, to summer of 2016 was pretty yeah. positive. Uh, I just think once they got KD, the perception immediately became negative And yeah. even um, – you could you, maybe if you call those LeBron Cavs teams super teams. I don't really know if you can say that, but um,
1: kind of, but yeah, they tried yeah, me.
0: I think yeah, <laughs> I think that this that team is pretty likable. Um, and that's that's it's kind of remarkable given given how much hate Kyrie Kyrie, Katie, and Harden have gotten respectively
1: over the years. Yeah, I feel like now at this point in their careers, especially like with Harden not having a ring, it kind of makes him sort of likable, and he was sort of like. I guess the only guy that really brought the fight to the warriors too. So it's like kind of that plus like, okay, we want him to get a ring. Like he's kind of one of those superstars that still doesn't have a ring right now in the league, Um, like established superstars. that has been in the league for a long time has made playoff runs and still doesn't have a ring. Um, And and then Kyrie, I mean, that's been the, I guess, you know, craziest shift to me is how like the perception of him from his Boston era Um, and failing in the playoffs with them to now he's a liked guy and the media really portrays him positively Um, and and even I I think I I don't know like the leagues kind of become a little bit more accustomed to and like supportive of some of the quirks that he has if that makes sense yeah uh,
0: yeah I would say the league has probably become more supportive of like player movement and super teams in general but yeah um, also especially
1: like with these guys like because KD, yeah. like, made this – like, KD formed a super team, and he didn't get really hate for it. Because I guess, like, maybe there's just more unknown with this Brooklyn team.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that
1: – well, this Brooklyn
0: team is also not the de facto they're going to win the title pretty much. Oh, guaranteed no. that the Warriors were um, in their heyday. And, yeah. um and like, we thought the
1: Heat were going <laughs> to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. yeah exactly.
0: And I also think that um there's a lot less talk about, like – Whose team is it? And that was something that we saw a lot with um, the Warriors, with KD and Steph. There was always the back and forth between them, um, especially towards the end. And that—I I, mean—there hasn't been much of any talk of that. Uh, maybe it's coming, but um, Harden sort of has this role as the distributor. Um, Kyrie has just become someone who can attack off the catch. He's still a great shooter. Um, and Incredible
1: shot isolation scorer. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and then KD is just doing his thing where he's just he's unstoppable in pretty much every way and um yeah it's gonna be a scary team um they were able they were able to beat the clippers in this one they gonna on um despite the nine one the nine to one run that the clippers went to tie the game um in the fourth deandre jordan after that got a pretty miracle tip in um she <laughs> happened to go in biggest moment that he's had in a couple years i think oh yeah um, <laughs> And Harden, the the end, the last play of this game was ridiculous, or the deciding play of this game was ridiculous. So Kawhi, Kawhi drives. They call an offensive foul on him. Harden completely flops in this play. I didn't even think they, – they he the rest were saying it was a push-off. I didn't even see much of a push-off. It was kind of just
1: – He had a hand on his forearm. Yeah, like, Harden had, had a hand on Kawhi's.
0: On Kawhi's yeah. off-arm, but yeah. if, it's either – I don't know. It's either no call. It's definitely not going back the other way. So no. Nah. It wasn't an foul. Well, all the offensive Well, the crap that we've seen Harden get away with over the years, um, that was pretty shocking. It, 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 this game was heading towards a great finish and it really ended anticlimactically, but Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still came away being impressed with the Nets. It was their at that time it was their sixth win in a row. They won their seventh last night. Um, and they're still I don't know if they're Did they play at home last night because
1: I think they came back home last night. They okay, were, they were yeah. like, what six and zero on the West road trip. Yeah, they uh, had
0: they were they had been five and zero on the West Coast. They okay. swept the entire Pacific Division, which we talked about last time. Um, at the time, every team was over five hundred, and, and most, that's
1: arguably the best division. Yet, yeah,
0: yeah, so. arguably the best division in the league. Um, so they swept that entire division, which will be the hardest. I'm sure that's going to be the hardest part of their schedule the whole year, especially without week. And, and without KD, yeah. yeah. So that was really impressive. They're now um, inching closer and closer to the number one seed in the East. They're a half game back um, as of today, and um, yeah, they, they've really they've shown that that their defense can ratchet up in these in these games. They're they're sort of a team that gets up for big games. We haven't really they they had Sacramento last night and didn't play poorly defensively, um, and that was something that I. I might've thought was coming after all these, these victories against good teams, because they've really um, it, like the theme with them was that they were, you know, I think, I think now it's their nine and one over team versus teams over 500, but teams below 500, they were giving up a ton of points. Um,
1: and I they mean, all national really, TV games. I think they pretty much won all of them.
0: Yeah. The big, the big national TV games, they get up for those games and they're they'll, they'll win in the fourth quarter. Um, and, yeah, the Clippers looked a little sluggish coming off that that huge Jazz game, but
1: I um, mean, Paul George had to sit for the final. I think it was two minutes. He or whatever, did. That was weird. I'm, not,
0: I'm not. The reasons for that are I, I'm not sure were ever revealed.
1: Um, I, I on the broadcast they were saying that it was because he had he was coming off the injury, so they had some sort of minutes like, limit. Yeah, like coming yeah, in. Yeah, just minutes
0: time. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember that, I remember that happening to Zion last year right. in one of our like big games that was really close. That, that's always annoying, um, but yeah, he he was coming off an injury, I guess. But um, still impressed impressed by the Nets. They're getting KD back soon. They'll, they're going to be scary. Um, and we'll we'll get to some of these other East contenders in a second. But they're certainly looking better than Milwaukee and. Um, Philly's still right there, but maybe not as as impressed with them as we were earlier in the season. Um,
1: Philly's so hit or miss for me. You know, like, to.
0: Should... The, yeah, th- they need to like win win a big game again for me to feel yeah. like really good about them again. They, that Lakers game was was great, um, where they were yeah. Tobias Harris hit the shot. Um, since then, they really haven't had like a signature win, and I'm hoping they can get back to that. But. Um, On to the Raptors, who have been doing really great things lately um, after a super disappointing start. They started 2-8. Their offense has been great lately. Um, It really seems like this is now Fred Van Vliet's team, which I love. Um, Siakam has been playing better as well, but Van Vliet has really taken the reins. Um, He's great. He's he's. Crafty offensively, good shooter, and then defensively, he's he's improved a lot o- over the last few years, um, and is able to defend other guards in the East at a high level. Um, and Siakam especially has been the difference between them starting um, two and eight and where they are now. I think they're a game above five hundred right now. Um, yeah. and they had they had a big win over the Sixers. Um, they they played twice over the last week. They lost the game last night, but um, in the first game versus the Sixers, they Held Embiid to six of 20 shooting, um, Boucher and Baines were really good. Um, Baines had been someone who we were pretty disappointed with um, early on.
1: At the start of the season, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and, and replacing um, Gasol and uh, Abaka.
1: Right, he, he doesn't have maybe the passing ability um, of, of especially Gasol, but uh, yeah, I, I think we thought that his shooting would translate a little bit better um, but uh, it didn't toward the start of the season. But yeah, I, I think he's trying to figure it out too, and part of that, yeah, I mean, new team, new system, uh, nurse's system especially is, is different, so it's kind of yeah. tough to, yeah.
0: Well, they're 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 doing their thing, like they, like we saw in the playoffs, playing around with different defenses, um, and it really takes teams out of their rhythm. Um, they beat the they beat the Bucks twice, and we'll talk about the Bucks in a second, and. It just goes to show you, um, when you have a culture like they do, um, in Toronto, I guess Tampa Bay now, which is even more impressive, I guess, um, you, you would think that your top three NBA organizations in some order are probably, um, San Antonio, Toronto, and I guess Golden State. Um, yeah,
1: Golden State recently, I think Boston is up there maybe with a shout, um, Those are really the
0: only other two teams that I can really think of. Yeah, if if you go back over the last five years, those are the top three for wins, um, just total wins, regular season playoffs. So they've been consistently good. Um, The Raptors are able to – the Raptors, very much like the Heat, are able to find guys um, that are either undrafted or coming out of the G League or late in the draft that can contribute for them, um, even coming off of injuries. They've had their Terrence Davis issue, which um, I think – they're going to cut him from the team, but um, uh, I don't know what they ended up doing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what they ended up planning on
0: doing. Yeah, so that that's that's a that's a sore spot for them. But um, yeah, Boucher has been really good. Um, Dan Bleat is sort of settling into being the primary creator for this team. It's not really Lowry's team anymore, I would say, um, and that's that comes with him sort of transitioning to um, the different. Stage in his career, um, and there's there's been some trade talk with him too, which I don't know how much truth there is to that. But um,
1: it feels like he's going to be in Toronto for the for the rest of his career. But I, I don't know. I mean, things change pretty fast in the NBA. So yeah, <laughs> I think, I think
0: the Masai, who is the Raptors GM, um, yeah. had like I wouldn't put anything past him in trying to improve. Trying to improve the team, so, especially like
1: at this point, like this might be one of like the last two years that Lowry has like yeah value in the trade market um, yeah. that is worth getting getting back. Well, for suitors for Lowry, I think there's
0: there's Philly, there's Philly potentially um, and Clippers Clippers <laughs> teams that need a point Always. guard. I think yeah, we mentioned him with the with the Clippers last time, yeah. um, but. Yeah, there's there's a couple teams um, out there. I I don't see him getting traded. Um, that will probably become a lot more clear in the next couple of weeks. But yeah,
1: I, I don't think he gets traded this year. Um, but again, you never know. Right? Now like, I mean, yeah. I, I think now
0: that they're sort of starting to make a run here and right. playing better, he's less likely to be traded. So they can just see if they get a playoff matchup that they like eventually move on they were super close to making the eastern conference finals last year so um,
1: yeah. og's been really good as well
0: i know yeah, we, uh, yeah. OG, og's great he's three and d player like much like uh your mccall bridges uh,
1: so, <laughs> yes yeah he's a lot more confident on the offensive end now too um, <laughs> from the little bits that i've like seen og is uh, from yeah the little yeah. Bits that i've like seen Um, of the Raptors yeah Uh, even Powell starting in
0: his place has been um, a good piece for them because OG OG was out for a little while yeah yeah Um, okay moving on to the Bucks who the Raptors beat um, twice over the past week Um, Nurse just has like Giannis's number (laughs) yeah he he knows how to stop him um, and the, the Raptors have a bunch of guys who can step in and contest a lot of his shots. But um, they missed Drew. Um, their, their offense hasn't really been the problem outside of those Raptors game. They, they've, they've missed Drew Holiday, um, mostly on defense. They've fallen to the middle of the pack in defensive rating. Um, I think at, at the, as of the beginning of the week, they were um, sitting at 13th. Um, and Big drop big drop. That's a huge drop from where they were the past two seasons. Cause they've been number one over the last two regular seasons. Um, and that's was because of their strategy, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, that is, it's sort of this gamble where they go all out and protecting the rim and that's with Lopez Giannis um, and really, really everyone playing their part to sort of contest these shots at the rim while letting shooters um, shoot, Threes and either contesting them late or not contesting them at all, just sort of trusting that they will miss. But um, that has not worked this year. There's been a lot, the three point shooting numbers across the board, if you're just looking at the whole league, have been a lot higher. Um, and that may be a result of these players shooting in empty gyms without fans. There might be less pressure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it, the strategy that the bucks have been have been doing hasn't really worked for them um, this year and their defensive rotations where they're closing out on shooters they tend to cut them short and they're not really aggressive with that and that was something that that the raptors and the clippers and that jazz game were doing pretty well of of contesting the shots the bucks don't really do that um a big issue the biggest issue for this personnel wise is brooke lopez he's He's only getting old. No, he's only getting older. He's slower. He's not shooting the ball nearly as well as he did. Um, we thought he sort of had an outlier year last year where he was shooting poorly because in 2019 he was really good from three, um, but he shot just as poorly as he did last year. This year from three, so that's hurt them a lot because he's he, essentially now he's just kind of this slow body who he kind of up.
1: shuffles around. Yeah, he shuffles
0: him. around. He has these laboring steps. Closeouts are incredibly slow um and he doesn't have that much to offer anymore offensively besides offensive rebounding um because if
1: he's not shooting well his value is
0: yeah his three isn't going down his value is just declining he's just getting older Um, and they they can't move the shooters that they're actually choosing to close out on are the ones are the better shooters and the problem is, if, if he's the guy that's doing the X out or the closeout, um, he does he just simply does not get there fast enough. Um, and so you've seen these teams just been able to, to rack up threes against the Bucks. And Giannis is still really good defensively, but he can't do everything. Um, and their offense is still their offense is still good. It's just the defense that needs to pick it up. And that was not an issue that I think we saw coming. Out of this yeah, time
1: I thought their defense would be better right he add in through like no maybe not better but at least like staying at the same level um, as past years and I mean yeah obviously with him out like it's it's different but uh, it's I don't know that that's a concerning sign because like the defense was always kind of their calling card in a lot of ways and like transition and um, if they're kind of going away from that then you know this team isn't incredibly Like This team has a lot of talent on the offensive end, but it's not an incredible half-court offense team. Um, It never has been. And we've seen that in the playoffs the last few years where once the games do slow down, they struggle more. So if they're not defending well, um, they're going to struggle against some of these Eastern teams that that have a lot of shooters. Um, And whether you think of Brooklyn or um, even Toronto, might give them trouble. Right. Um, so there are a lot of teams in the East that uh, have the shooters. Philly has the shooters now too. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta figure that out.
0: Um, They're also third line. in the East, which it may be pretty fortunate to stay there probably. Um, and that's really not going to cut it for a team that we've, we've seen um We've had such high expectations for this year. I think we both had them in the finals. Um, just, just thinking yeah. of the jurisdiction would help them on both sides of the ball. Um, but yeah, this is a team that really, it typically has excellence in the regular season, you know, um, and that hasn't been that hasn't been the case this year. Um, they went on a five five game losing streak over the past couple weeks. Um, you never see that. Yeah, that's it's pretty. I mean, that's don't. a team that that has those high aspirations like they do yep. and yeah, it's hard to change their entire defensive scheme in the middle of the season. This is, like, <laughs> this is something that they've been doing for the better part of the last four years. Um, and Giannis. Giannis sort of talked about it in the press conference that they might sort of start looking at it, but I think, I think that's going to take a, take a while for these guys to adjust for something yeah. that they've been doing
1: religiously for so long. Yeah. Uh it's not easy for Bud to adjust and yeah, I mean it's not, yeah, easy, it's definitely not easy for Bud to adjust. <laughs> not, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about these guys right
0: now. All right. Well, um we should hit on the all star roster. Um I think the starters, I don't think we have any issues there unless yeah. you want to say um Luca over Dame, but um yeah. Yeah, you can maybe argue for that. I i I think I'm okay with it either way. But yeah. the reserves is where the debate really starts. Um I think the East is sort of moot. Um there's not really something there's not really much I'm complaining about there. Um I think
1: Sabonis was the only one that, that people really kind of took offense to. And Chris Middleton, The like Middleton's
0: uh, I don't I
1: know. Yeah, I think I
0: think Tatum and Brown probably deserve to be there just because of the numbers.
1: Yeah. Tatum and Brown, uh, I think it's hard to argue against Levine with the season that he's having. Uh a so winning. Yeah. Vlusivish yeah, is the one that I think He's the only really big
0: that they have besides Randall on the other on the or I guess if you want to count
1: Simmons, but Nah it um, seems not really right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's kind of the only big they have on the reserves besides Randall. I think Randall's – Randall's had a, had enough performances, and that's, like, a fun – that's a fun pick. I don't really have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah,
1: and, like, the Knicks are winning. Like, he's a big part of that. So, I don't really have a huge complaint about that.
0: The West is where it gets interesting. With um, – Davis is injured. He probably won't play an All-Star game because I don't think he's going to be back. I think he has still three or so weeks left before he's back yeah. from his injury. Um so, Devin Booker was not selected. Um, Conley was not selected. Those are the two guys that most of the discussion has been about. Um, and I don't know. Do we think that – ultimately, I don't think you can have three Jazz guys on there because Gobert, Gobert and Mitchell are already there. Um yeah, I, think, I don't think they're going to pick a third. Yeah, and I think both of those guys are pretty um, deserving already. Um, yeah. Zion, maybe Zion
1: was the, the interesting one to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, the offensive stats are there.
0: Yeah, if you're looking um, numbers wise, especially lately, he's been really good. Um, yeah,
1: it's just like the record isn't there, and like yeah, if you like, want to factor like, wins in, yeah,
0: it's not really um, a thing. But you've kind of got Levine on the other side that's sort of in the same
1: situation, right? And, and so that's why like it was kind of weird. I, I think some fans took offense uh, to it more so because like. Booker's been held out with the stats the last few years because of the wins. So like,
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, Zion's really like, he's definitely like the face, one of the faces that the league is trying to market. So it does make yeah, sense?
1: Yeah, and they're trying to push it, and so it's gonna. Yeah, that's under Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think a Booker can can slide in for Davis there because they well need to replace Davis's spot with somebody. Um, I think yeah. that
1: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I think DeRozan is a dark horse for that spot. Um, mm-hmm. His numbers are there. He's become a really good playmaker this year as well. I think he's averaging six assists a game. Um, someone can fact check me on that. But I, I think he's averaging like 19 and five and six. So, uh, you know, good stats, good efficiency. Um, surprisingly good efficiency for a guy that yeah. I think in the past that maybe <laughs> took some shots that people didn't love. Um, so he might be – he might get in there, especially given the Spurs record. Um, yeah, I, I think it has to be Booker or Conley. And I think Booker just because – third Utah player is unlikely is there any argument for Booker over Paul um I thought there was uh oh you don't think so I don't know I just I I felt I feel like CP3
0: has really like been the guy that's made it all work Uh,
1: I I, I don't know I mean like it's so weird like question to me because like CP3 on like a stats at face value I think are just better. Um he's averaging I think eight and a half assists a game which is top five in the league. Yeah eight um, and a half his, yeah um he like his advanced stats I mean he is the advanced stats god. Yeah right? um, I mean, he, is his win shares yeah uh you know for uh, box score, plus minus, whatever you want to look at, like, you know, offensive, defensive rating, all that stuff is like Chris Paul's wheelhouse. That's what he does. Um, I think the interesting thing to look at is probably the, the actual on off numbers um, where like CP3 has been OK, but like pretty average, I think, compared to most of the rest of his career. Um, I, I don't think he's actually a plus right now. Uh, neither Booker or Chris Paul, I think, are pluses right now um, yeah. for the Suns. Um, Booker is in this weird spot where like, his defense is really, really holding him back because I think he has – like his on-court – the offense on when he's on the court is the best um, out of any of the players on the Suns. But his defense, I think, is the worst. <laughs> and so – that just kills a lot of his advanced stats um, that look a lot at, at defense and like steals blocks. He doesn't really get steals. He doesn't get blocks. And so like that just hurts him. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there was a case for it. Um, I To me like Booker as, as much as Chris Paul has kind of brought in that stability and he's like running the offense, like he's, Booker's the guy that if you need a bucket, most of the time you're gonna go to Booker. Um, I think there's been a few games where Chris Paul has taken over, and I think that uh, that's kind of overshadowed what Booker's done because, like, I think CP3's had some of these games that um, he'll score like 16, 17 points in the fourth quarter, and I think there's been like two or three instances of that, which like Booker hasn't quite done. Whereas Booker, like, consistently in the fourth quarter, I think has been a little bit better um in more games so i don't know it's like a weird weird conversation um to, to have but yeah I, I think like there's no chance cp3 wasn't going to be an all-star
0: yeah I, yeah i think that's the argument and a lot of a lot of this stuff comes down to like if you're arguing with somebody to get on like who are you taking off and yeah and the west
1: is so good
0: yeah it gets tighter every year every year especially in the west um even despite like some of the player movement like hard and moving over to the west so Moving over. I mean, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to wrap it up for us um, unless you have something else. Um, I think those points that we made about the, the Clippers jazz and the Clippers nets have been pretty much the biggest stories of the week, especially with the 80s still out for the Lakers. Um, yeah, Lakers have kind of started struggling a little bit. Yeah, they <laughs> have. They've slipped yeah. a little bit. Um, and the the thought with them when, when that happened was, oh, they'll be fine, and it kind of hasn't been the case. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that I think that um, there might be some trouble coming. Um, this, this definitely helps the Jazz in in terms of getting the one seed. Um, and the schedule released today. Um, I haven't really looked the second half of the season schedule was released today. I haven't really looked too closely at it, but um, certainly there's there's going to be teams that have a harder strength in schedule coming down the stretch. And, and really, like, your last five games where other teams are going to be resting guys or not could really matter in playoff positioning. So yeah, um, that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, no gambling corner today. Um, I'm taking a break for the foreseeable future, which means, like, probably till March Madness, but, um, yeah. Um, so stay safe out there with your gambling, but, um, we'll be back next week. All right.